Hello and welcome to a fantastic new segment on Obsessed called uh, Things I Fucked Up. This segment will be featured anytime I fuck things up on the podcast. Uh, my first fuck up is probably using the word fuck so much right at the top of the podcast. Anyway, uh, the mistakes that were made in this podcast include uh, I refer to what I believe is the Willis Tower as the Sears Tower while talking about people possibly falling out of it, so uh, that's a factual error. Uh, I was talking with my wonderful guest, Kim, uh, about smoking pot and playing video games, and I phrased it in such a way as to make it sound like that's what she does with her time all the time in her current adult life, as opposed to something that she used to do back in her 20s. I'm sure that I made some other errors, and I think there's probably about 17 factual errors total, and if you can find all 17, please tweet me at at Joseph Scrimshaw, and as your reward, I will personally block you on Twitter.com. Thanks, and enjoy the episode. This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting here with an awesome person because I only have awesome people on my podcast. No jerks yet. Hooray. Hooray. <laughs> Kim Evie. It's Evie, actually. Is it Evie? It is. God it's Evie. It. You want to start over? Yeah. <laughs> Do you no, really? No, no. <laughs> No, I've had I've I've been learning a lot about how to pronounce my friends' last names and realizing there's a lot of last names that I've never said out loud. Yeah, it's well, normally people say every because E V E Y <laughs> is not a word, and so they're like, your name is not a word, but every is a word, and that makes more sense to my brain. So, so what is the correct it's, pronunciation? It's Evie. Evie. But people just insert an R. Okay. Because they think that it makes more sense. Evie sounds much cooler, I think. Yeah, me too. I don't even know what it is. I think it's Scottish or something. <laughs> yeah, you have no idea where your name came from. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's terrible. I'm adopted. My parents are Caucasian, and so I, it's it's either Scottish or Irish or some blend of. In there, but your your parents aren't blatantly Scottish, are they? No. That would be pretty awesome. No. <laughs> and then it would be embarrassing if I didn't know. <laughs> that, that put was... that together with all the kilts. Yeah. <laughs> Constant performances of Macbeth yeah, that they did at the home. Rolling R's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, uh, like everybody, I asked Kim ahead of time in an email uh, about her obsessions. Uh, and she said, possibly Ender's Game, or uh, How Do People Overcome Fear? And you chose the one that was hard to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I did, because I'm an asshole. And also, when I when I was just telling Kim before we started the podcast, uh, when I got the email, I was thinking, Ender's Game sounds safe, I should do that. And then I realized the stupid irony of being afraid of talking about fear. Uh, so before we jump into that obsession, can you uh, tell people a little bit about who you are, besides possibly having a Scottish last name? <laughs> uh, well, I guess most of your listeners, if they are uh, of the geek variety, would know me as yes. the producer of uh, Felicia Day's web series, The Guild. Awesome. And I've produced a few other web series, uh, Mostly with Felicia, actually, and then I co-founded Geek and Sundry, the, this YouTube channel that continues on to this awesome. day. And that's what I do. <laughs> so cool. Uh, so, and you also told me in the email that that uh, you don't necessarily consider yourself an obsessed person, which is fine with me because I like having a lots of different kinds of people on the podcast. Okay, good. Yeah, I I, I get obsessed. Um, 
you know, in short spurts. So I feel <laughs> like the obsession that I like, I will play a video game like um, like the bubble popping game or like okay. Candy Crush or something. And I will play it like ridiculously. Like when people go to the bathroom in a restaurant, I'll be playing it. <laughs> but it'll only last for like, you know, a couple weeks. And people then you're at the restaurant with, or just whenever you see somebody go to the bathroom. Whenever I see somebody go to the bathroom, I pull it out. No, I'm okay. <laughs> no, I just mean like any moment that I have to play it. I so I'll be obsessed. I'm like, I gotta do it. But okay. then it goes away. You know, it's not. It just. Do you just lose interest, or is it that something else fills that space? Um, it must be something else filling <laughs> that space, but I'm not sure what it is. Yeah. So it's so. not like you play Candy Crush for a couple days and then you find your new phone game. Yeah. And if I find a new one, that's why I hate to have, I, yeah, I haven't done that numbers one that everybody's talking okay. about because, yeah, I, so I don't know if it's just a video game thing or if, yeah, I think it, I think it is. Although I have to say, I actually stayed off of Facebook for uh, years and I oh, wow. just, I mean, I was on it, but I didn't check it regularly. Maybe, okay. maybe every month or two, I would go on and kind of see if anybody had direct messaged me. Okay. And then about three months ago, I was like, I'm going to do Facebook because I should do social media because I work in new media. <laughs> it's ridiculous that I don't cultivate it. And then I got a little obsessed. And why did you not want to be on Facebook for fear of becoming obsessed with it? I just didn't understand it, I guess. Okay. I just, and I think I had a little social phobia about it in a weird way. Like, uh, I don't know. I Like, I wasn't sure how to present myself I guess to right. the world via Facebook or or no I guess it's not so much that I was worried about how I was going to present myself I was worried about boring people <laughs> you know that, <laughs> that I would is be like, so kind of you here's more another... people on Facebook <laughs> yeah it's like here's another picture of my dog I'm eating at this restaurant which I guess is just you know the stereotypical things yeah. that people say or do on Facebook or Twitter but yeah I, I was afraid that that literally would be all I would do I think so. that they have a, those boring posts have a cumulative effect, though, for me, where it's nice to see like a snapshot of what people are going on, you know, what they're doing in life. It gives you a snapshot of sort of like, where is everybody else at? What is a normal thing to do? Yeah, it's true. It's true. In fact, if Facebook had existed in my 20s, then I wouldn't have had the issue that I was telling you about that I had, which kind of led me to this topic. So because so, yeah. I was constantly... So you, you, you were telling me before we started that uh, you were constantly wondering what other people's lives were like. Yeah, because I kind of felt like I wasn't doing it right in my 20s. I felt like there's just some key elements missing. And I was, uh, yeah. So if I had been able to check Facebook, I would have seen that, you know, most people are fairly normal and they just do fairly normal things. Yeah. So how did you feel your life was was abnormal? Or did you <laughs> did you have things that you thought you should be doing that you weren't? Well, I think it was because I was, you know, in my 20s, I was, I did theater the whole time and I was in a theater company and we rehearsed, you know, five nights a week and we were performed on the weekend. So mm -hmm. I was kind of married to my theater company. And then I was, you know, I had graduated with a degree in psychology and I was temping during the day sometimes, you know, okay. so my life would be like, I'd get some temp jobs and then, you know, and they would end and they'd be like, oh yeah, I have some money. So then I'd just sit around and like, smoke pot all day and play video games <laughs> like a guy <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then but you know I, and I just wouldn't do things that I assumed other people were doing like you know feeding myself and <laughs> <laughs> but you had a psychology yeah. degree right so yeah so. weren't you able to sort of analyze whether or not this behavior was normal I think I pretty much knew it was abnormal and so then I was like well how how do other people manage to like act normal 
Because I didn't want to. <laughs> sounds pretty awesome. It sounds like you were thinking, like, how do these losers not have as cool a life as I do? I don't, well, maybe so. I don't know. No, I mean, you know, I think everybody's like that in their 20s now, you know, yeah. in retrospect. <laughs> I don't think there are very many people that are just anymore, you know, sort of that traditional. My parents are very, very, very traditional people. So they okay. were very, like, you know you know, life is just like you get up, you make food, you go to work or you, you know, do right. housework. And then at the end of the day, you eat dinner together and then you watch television and you go to bed. You know, like there was nothing sort of interesting. Okay. <laughs> so the organization and structure, but you had that because you're like, by it. 11 a.m., I'm token up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing GoldenEye. <laughs> staying on schedule. No, actually, it wasn't even that good. It was just <laughs> sort of like, but I, I think I would binge do, you know, like okay. I would be like, I'm going to be a responsible person for a while, but I just can't really stand it, you know? And yeah. that's the thing. It's like when you're a temp, you go in and you see normal people's lives and you're like, how can you guys do this? <laughs> how can you be here day in and day out? What's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? <laughs> okay. So, anyways. So, so thinking back to those thoughts led you to... Uh, sending me an email in which you said you might be willing to talk about being obsessed with how to overcome fear. So how did you get from wondering why other people aren't smoking pot and playing video games to <laughs> how to overcome fear? Uh, okay, well, what was the thought process? So I was thinking that that was what I was obsessed with in my 20s. And I thought, well, I'm not obsessed with that anymore. But but one offshoot of that, of, of not being able to... Um, know if I was normal was that I had this really bad habit. I think it's kind of a bad habit of bonding with people over things that I felt like I, that were not normal about me or that, you know, okay. were sort of a problem. And so in that way, I sort of tend to bond with people over like shortcomings that they have okay. or fears that they have or, you know, so it's like, I'm, it's, I, you know, I'm a terrible, um, small talker, so I can't really, you know, talk about politics at a party or, you know, like the weather, I don't watch sports, but if somebody's like, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I, I have really bad social anxiety. I'm like, tell me about that. <laughs> Let's talk about that for like four hours. This whole party, we'll just talk about your social anxiety. Oh, that's pretty awesome. No, I mean, that's good <laughs> to be able to connect over social anxiety because it kind of takes care of the problem, right? Yeah, I guess so. But then I just stay in one corner with, because with the person that also has social anxiety. <laughs> and we never leave each other's side <laughs> i think in a way that's like a little snapshot of our current culture which i Do think you? is a, a good thing i think that well i think with like social media and the rise of the geek that a normal thing is to discuss what is abnormal about us yeah the most I popular guess so. comedians on twitter are the ones who just kind of constantly say like this horrible thing happened to me today and here's the stupid way i handled it and it is i think uh it's like talking to somebody about your social anxiety it's kind of trying to overcome the thing by doing the thing. Yeah. So I guess in that way, <laughs> that's what this podcast is about. I'm trying to overcome <laughs> my fear of just sort of talking, uh, you know, on a podcast or anywhere. Excellent. Well, I have some like nice okay. guided questions. There's oh, no, we're like, we're on a railroad. Okay. It's like a video game where you're railroaded. We know exactly where to go. All right. This is not an All open right. world podcast. Okay. And we're locked into missions. This is like that little car ride they used to have at Disney where you're, you're on the one track and you can't go off. Yeah. That's been replaced since by something okay. much cooler. But we're not trapped either. We can still get off the train. Okay. We won't get stuck. I feel much better. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so uh, since we're talking about uh, fear, uh, what kind of things are you afraid of? Talking to people. <laughs> 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 um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I, I do have like weird uh, social anxiety in that 
uh, I'm not good in groups. Like okay. I, so this is one of the reasons that I, I wanted to do the podcast is because I was like, well, I can talk when there are rules of talking. I guess, <laughs> I guess I like rules in life. Okay. So like, this is easy because yeah. you ask me a question, I answer. We're, you know, but in groups, I am, I can't do it. I'm just like, there's no rules. You have to be loud. Everybody, <laughs> some, you have to like be really confident about what you're going to say. And I can't, that, that's, that. It causes, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid. Like, I'm literally afraid to. Okay. I have seen you in large groups and I've never noticed that. I try, you know, I mean, I'm fairly old. So I feel like <laughs> at this point in my life, I should try not to just sit there and be quiet. But that's what I always want to do. And in fact, okay. I did <laughs> one time uh, at... Uh, this is funny. At Pollen Storms, they they always come into town and they have like you know these big gather. They're just right. like Pollen Storm friends come to dinner. So we went to this place where there were like two long tables shaped in an L, and right. that the long table dinner or whatever it's is death. The ba- it's is horrible. it everybody? Everybody? I think like most it? people because okay. because you, there is this divide of you are there for a big group interaction, but then you can only talk to the people who are next to you or across from you. Yeah. And so I feel like I always end up being like exactly in between two conversations and I never know which one to do. (laughs) But what happened to me at this particular uh, event, which was hilarious, was I was like, I'm going to talk to whoever sits across from me. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to be afraid. And then Mike Furman walked in and I was like, oh my God, it's Mike Furman. This is awesome. And then he came in and he sat down and he was, and I was like, hi, how are you? And he goes, I'm good. I can't stay. Donna's good like like the kids. So I'm just going to like walk around and say hi to everybody and leave. And I was like, that's terrible. Yeah. And then I think I did actually not know who to talk to for a really long time until I finally actually got up and went to the bathroom and then came out and started talking and to people. Did you go to a different seat or did you I float? did. I went no, I went over to like a person that I knew. Yeah. Which now I mean obviously I, I it's funny because now I know a lot of the people that were there that night. So yeah. I guess I guess I'm shy. That's <laughs> what it boils down to. Probably. That's fair. That's fair. So. Uh, I think I'm I'm on the cusp. If like I take a, a personality test of introvert and extrovert, oh, and that's I've got weird. the performer thing. But for me, it, it does feel like a switch. Like when I'm at home, I can get very very obsessive on whatever I'm thinking about and very much in my own little pocket world, mm-hmm. uh, making myself sound like <laughs> I'm insane. Or something, but. <laughs> I'm thinking about my pocket universe. Uh, so then when I'm going out to interact with people, it is a conscious choice to turn on extrovert. Right. But some, but I have enough introverted friends that I my extrovert dial goes too high. Right. And I feel like I'm blowing people out. So for me, it's always like a, a, it's, it's a challenge to sort of adjust my tone to the yeah. people that I'm interacting with. It's fascinating that you know that, though, because I, what, another thing that's fascinating to me is people that don't have that. People who just can walk into a room and just be like, oh, my God, the traffic was terrible. And they're just completely <laughs> oblivious to the fact that, like, 12 people were just, you know, having an interaction that had nothing to do with them. That was, Yeah. <laughs> I just always think, I'm like, how do, how do you do that? Like, I, I both hate that person and admire that person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, some of it comes from just being an opinionated jerk about sort of uh, <laughs> about about live shows and about, like, the pacing of live shows. And I think sometimes I think of, like, Social interaction, like, I I will have a good interaction if the people around me feel like they're having a good interaction. Right. So just like when you're watching, like, a good host pace a variety show or a comedy show mm-hmm. that they want to keep it moving right. but not going too fast. And, like, right. sometimes I feel like I'm happiest if I'm 
secretly in my own little mind and <laughs> seeing the social interaction. <laughs> so everybody's getting a chance to talk. And, wow, that's know. really good of you. That's uh, really interesting. Well, yeah, but, it's, it, but it also makes me feel insane because... Uh, <laughs> because be, you're because like con- trying to control the social interaction? Yeah, in, in that I don't want to be controlling. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rabbit hole. Uh, so... Uh, well, you've already answered the next question of how you overcome that fear is just by forcing yourself to do it. Yes. I was just going to say another thing that I'm afraid of is the ocean. <laughs> you live in Los Angeles. Yes. Yes, but I live way up, you way know, I far, live far away from the, the ocean. So if the tsunami comes and the ocean swallows all so of Los Angeles, it will not swallow me. Is it a... We will a, just catch fire. <laughs> <laughs> is it a, a, like a logical fear of like, I really, I've looked at the studies and I feel like LA is going to be underwater here pretty soon. <laughs> um, no, I mean, and I don't fear, I don't have a fear of the ocean that it's going to like take over Los Angeles, but I just okay. don't really like the ocean. Is it too big? Yeah. <laughs> and there's things in it yeah. that could eat you. And you also went on the on Jonathan Colton's cruise. How was that for I you? I did. It's fine. I don't mind being on the ocean on a ship. I just don't like going I don't like swimming. Like I want okay. to I want to and I again I will do it. Like I have snorkeled and I, you know, I'll swim. My husband loves going out in the ocean, but yeah, it's 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 such a powerful force. Like, not only could something in there eat you, but it's just, yeah. uh, I mean, my husband has a horrible story about people that he grew up, his neighbors basically came home from a family vacation without the father because he was, you know, sucked under in the ocean. Like, wow, because the ocean just took him. The ocean took him, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that's scary. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think the sort of the vast endlessness like, I have never understood when people say, like, you need to get some perspective. Go look at the night sky. Go look at the ocean. <laughs> it's like, I already feel small. <laughs> Show me something smaller than me. That's how I want to get perspective. <laughs> Here's an ant. Check Excellent. that out. <laughs> A fun-sized Snickers bar. Now I feel in control again. Like, yeah, but looking at the ocean can be like, oh, what's the point? <laughs> well, yeah, another thing about the ocean is, like, there are some things that you cannot avoid. You know, if you live in a place and there's a tornado or there, sometimes there are, you know, earthquakes, there are things that you can avoid, you cannot avoid. Right. But you can, you can actively choose not to get in the ocean. Right. And so, you know, <laughs> so yes. that's why I think it's more of a fear because, I mean, we live in LA, so, you know, and they keep talking about how the big one's going to come. And yeah. so you feel like, that's pretty scary, but I can't, I don't think about that because it's inevitable. It's happening or it's not. But right. with the ocean, it's like, it's not inevitable. I, I can I can decide not to go in it. Yes. If you stay <laughs> in your house in the hills miles away, the ocean can't come get you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, do other people's fears ever seem like stupid to you or can you always relate them back to your fear? I think I can pretty much always relate them back. Um, I'm trying to think of what... Like the first thing that popped into my mind when you said that was I know somebody who has a phobia of rats, which is a little bit different. But yeah. um, so, and I was like, do I think that's stupid? I don't think it's stupid, but I think it's really, it's weird. Like it's wild because yeah. I'd never seen anything like that before. So this, I'm not answering your question at all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. Um, but we were we were rehearsing at somebody's house and he had rats in this aquarium and she didn't know that they were in there because it was just a big empty aquarium. And okay. then all of a sudden, you know, one of the rats came out and she went from just, you know, she saw it and it was, you know, it was such a physical, she was just, she started hyperventilating and wow. she started to cry and it was like instantaneous. So it was just like, what is that? You know, like, like she was terrified. Had you know? had an experience with 
a bad experience with rats? I don't know. I think she just always had that phobia, you know, makes you believe in like past life (laughs) 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 issues. Like in another life, rats gnawed her face off. (laughs) That seems exciting. Uh, What is, what's the first thing you remember of being frightened of, like as a child? Um, I remember, this is weird, but I remember that when I was a kid, I, I had a really vivid imagination and I couldn't tell the difference. Whenever I would close my eyes, it seemed like uh, there was a camera moving across, like, you have popcorn ceiling, actually, and we used to have popcorn ceiling. And so whenever I would close my eyes, I felt like uh, I was a camera and I was slowly moving across the ceiling. And, some, and then it would be lit, like, from the bottom. And sometimes it would be different, like, like all yellow or all pink. And, oh. I, like, what? I have no idea. What is that? But it was really scary because I couldn't control it, you know? Yeah. And so I would... <laughs> so this was just, like, a vision or... Yeah. Like, when I would go to, like, when I'd be... Yeah, so I'd be in my bed, and I was a little kid, and I'd close my eyes, and then I'd see all this stuff moving around, and I, you know, it was very freaky. So I remember being, like, I was pretty afraid of the dark, and I was pretty, like, I just did not enjoy bedtime or nighttime, because, yeah, just weird stuff would happen. (laughs) (laughs) You would have little David Lynch dreams. I would have little David Lynch dreams, yeah, (laughs) exactly. That's terrifying. Did you talk to your parents about it? I don't know if I did. Uh... I don't think I did until I was much older because I can remember it happening. I can remember also like I would see, and I'm sure everybody does this too, but when you're a kid, everything is so much more vivid. Like I would see particles okay, <laughs> that were yeah. colors and I think everybody does that. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but I was just, you know, so attuned to it and I didn't know what it was. So I don't think I told them until much later. I remember being an older kid and my parents were very into like metaphysics and stuff. And so... Um, my mom was like working with a psychic okay. uh, who lived in our neighborhood who worked with the LAPD on cases and she would, she, she would like give classes okay. <laughs> on psychic reality and my mom was talking about astral projection. So I really wanted to astral project and uh, I, th- I, think, I think I maybe did. I'm not sure, but okay. I told my dad at one point, I was like, come in, you know, I was dreaming or half awake and I was like, come in here. <laughs> And then I was like, I want to go on the spaceship. I can see the spaceship. I want to go on it, but I want you to come with me. And then I don't remember this. They told me. Apparently, like, I was, he was there and, there. and I was like, okay, I'm on the spaceship. And now, like, I went through it. And now I'm on this beach and I'm hanging out. So I think I was just dreaming. Okay. You know, but, but um, telling sort of... him. And then they were like, she's astral projecting. <laughs> because that's what they believed in. Wow. <laughs> do, you, do you believe in it as an adult? That it happens? Yeah. I want to. Like, awesome. I really want to believe that it happens, but I can't do it. And I tried a lot as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I actively tried to astral project. In smoking pot and playing video games, is that another that attempt to not. sort of <laughs> astral project? No. <laughs> no, it never, never worked out. Oh, that would right be way. awesome. Uh, so you kind of uh, answered my next question, which was uh, how you deal with things that you don't have any control over. And it sounds like you're good about well, there's nothing to be done. What are, what are you going to do? It's a, uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's like, all right. I mean, yeah, I think I'm pretty good at that. Yeah. So I've been thinking about that one a lot because there's, uh, when we when we drove to LA to mm-hmm. move here from Minneapolis, mm-hmm. we drove through the mountains and there were all the signs of, that said, caution, falling rock. It's <laughs> <laughs> just sort of like, by the way, mm-hmm. a rock might fall on you from above and you might die. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to let you... Just no, FYI. you know, the, yeah. There's nothing to be done about it. And yeah. uh, we've been taking walks in Griffith Park, and there's signs everywhere there that say, uh, "Caution, rattlesnakes." And I'm scared of snakes, and I have no idea how to be cautious. <laughs> like, I'm already cautious of a rattlesnake in my heart. I don't know how to be more cautious. 
of what you know so those yeah. those warnings that are sort of like basically just some bad shit might happen do yeah. you so when you encounter those kind of uh of things do you feel like you can just accept like I don't have control over it or do you try to mitigate it um I'm trying to think of what else that would apply to for me so I mean because I do feel like in general I'm just like well you can't do anything about it so you know (laughs) we'll just hope for the best you know and just kind of keep going on which is which in a way is nice and in a way is kind of weirdly selfish you know how do you think it's selfish well I guess I guess the reason I think it's selfish is because the thing that I was thinking of when I was saying that is like uh my sister-in-law was really ill last year and I was like you know I was really worried about her but at the same time I was like well there's I mean you know I really hope that she gets better and right. aside from that, I was like, I, there's nothing else I can do except just hope that she gets better. So so then the selfish part is just like, so I, I'll, you know, I'll try not to think about it and then I'll just do my thing. I think that is, <laughs> that is healthy at some point. I mean, there's I just, I mean, I, a, a downside of things like Facebook is it's, you hear about all the bad things happening in people's lives. And it's you can, true. you can say a nice comment or like I'm giving positive thought, but you know, there's a lot of stuff that you can't control that I think we hear about. Yeah. Even more than we used to. Yeah. I had like a week where Facebook was just animal injury and death book. (laughs) And it was sort of like, (laughs) this is the dark side of Facebook. Like, I'm really sorry. But then I started to feel like I meant it in a genuine way. But at at a certain point, then it started to feel like routine. Like, well, I get up in the morning, I have some coffee. I (laughs) write a comment on a friend's page that I'm sorry about their animal being sick. Like... And then it started to feel like a little bit routine. Right. You know. Isn't it weird when you have to push, well, you don't have to, but isn't it weird when the option is to push like when somebody's like, my dog died. And you're like, like. Because yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean you like it. It just means like you like the post. Like you appreciate that they, yeah. that they posted that. Right. So. Right. Yeah. And, and that that's a weird thing in our society that will have to change eventually. That Facebook like button. Yeah. <laughs> there was an article about the, uh, the Sears Tower in Chicago that the observation deck cracked. Mm. And it had something like 4,000 likes. And people were like, they were liking <laughs> the article. But the way it read on Facebook is just like right. massive cracks and 102nd <laughs> floor. People almost fell to their death. 4,000 likes. Like, come <laughs> we on. We like it. Uh, so I always do some research on Wikipedia for the podcast. And sometimes it's accurate. Who knows? Uh, so I read about a study of psychologists listing uh, all the basic human emotions. And this is what they claimed the basic human emotions uh, are. Okay. Joy. Sadness, fright, dread, horror, panic, anxiety, acute stress reaction, and anger. Wow, that is very heavily weighted <laughs> to the really, negative, isn't it? it? Really I'm is. pretty surprised. Wow, so wait, what is joy? Joy joy is all out there by itself. Is there anything else that's nice besides joy? Sadness? <laughs> <laughs> that's what? the I think second nicest. Wow. Acute stress reaction isn't even really an emotion. No, but that's really fascinating, isn't it? That like of all the states of being we could be in, there's only one that's basically like, you're okay. Yeah. The rest are just like variations of of you're horrible in some way or the yeah. other. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, you just feel joy anytime you're not experiencing one of these other emotions. Because you're like, thank <laughs> fucking God. I'm not having that's... an acute stress reaction. Uh, do you... Do you think that's accurate? Do you think that there are, like, more shades of negativity than shades of positivity in our emotional makeup? Gosh, I guess, I guess so. I mean, I was just, 
I was just thinking about, there must be because there's so much, I mean, you know, like meditation and everything, it's just sort of to get you to like anything that you're going to practice or do to try to get out of the bad states is not necessarily like people who practice meditation, they're not like, and I feel joy, you know, they're more like, I have serenity. Right. You know what I mean? Feel peace. Yeah, I feel at peace. Like I can like. I can kind of be and, you know, so it's not like, hooray, you know, I'm happy now. It's more like, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess they're joyful, but I guess like joy seems like something very active and big. It seems like happiness as opposed to, yeah. Yeah. So I don't, what was the question? (laughs) (laughs) If we could find more words that mean happy basically is is what my question boiled down to really. Uh, Because this seems like such a layout of, Okay, they're active words for the most part. Fright, dread, horror, panic, anxiety. Uh, But they all seem very similar in meaning. And I have no idea why these group of asshole psychologists, (laughs) according to Wikipedia, have eight names for fear. Yeah. I guess sometimes people are happy. Put joy on there, too. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I I would think that I, I would want, like, contentment or peace. Yeah. So I think that's a lot of times what we're striving for. Yeah. Is, you know, after you've done something that's frightening, you might feel joy, but I think sometimes you feel just pride or contentment that... Or relief. Or relief. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that is interesting. Like, is relief joy? I, I guess. Like, if you... Yeah, if you're... It's a really maybe it calm just translates. joy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was just thinking the only time... Uh, not the only time. The first time I ever did stand-up, and I did it for about a year, I... I th- thought about not doing it because I was so terrified. Okay. You know, I did it for a class and then we had a little show, but there was still an audience in a bar and I was so yeah. scared. <laughs> I thought, you know, because I was having severe panic, you know, reactions. Yeah. And I thought, it's just a class. Like, nobody's going to really care. Maybe I'll just won't do it. Like, maybe it'll be okay. <laughs> uh, I'll just walk out. Nobody, you know, what are they going to do to me? And then I did it. And then I felt huge relief but i guess i also felt joy because i felt like oh i did a good job you know yeah did you enjoy doing it where you did you and could you feel joy in the moment of doing it yeah yeah i mean it's weird because performing is always like that for me and i don't really perform anymore but um i think again it comes down to fear like i'm (laughs) i have a lot of fear-based stuff around performing but when i'm out there like it immediately clicks in 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 front of an audience yeah you know and i'm like oh i know how to do this yay you know but (laughs) It takes a lot to get me there now, because I'm afraid <laughs> of all the work you have to do in order to go and do it. But there's there is something really uh, great to me about dealing with any sort of fear of performance by just saying I could leave, and what's going to happen? Right. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really weird, and then they'd have a story, or maybe they'd ask for their money back or whatever. But that idea that you could just kind of have like sort of. <laughs> Jetpack and just yeah. like, go out there, like if it's fun, I'm staying here, and otherwise, I'm blasting off. I'm leaving. I'm gone. That's funny. That reminds me. My friend Mark Malkoff does the um, Carson podcast, and okay. there was one. I can't remember which comedian it was though, but he talked about like how he threw up before every single performance. Like wow. he he has what he called stage fright, and it's funny because he's old school, so he called it stage fright. I'm sure now it would be like I have panic attacks. You know, <laughs> acute stand up anxiety. I have acute yeah. stand up anxiety. Yeah, so. And, and did he talk about just that he just knew that was a part of the process? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it would just happen, and he would um, 
I think he said that sometimes it would happen on stage. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, when you are a comedian and you, especially like in those days where it's just like, that's your act, you know, you're just doing it and you're just doing the same act over and over right. and over. Like you can be in the middle of your act and just <laughs> having an acute panic attack and nobody can know because you're just so It's just so memorized. To, it's so in your body. Yeah. You know, the rhythms and what you're supposed to be doing and yeah. So, but what a weird... Yeah. Yeah. I well, do you feel like you have those things where you you know it's just kind of like a daily thing or a regularly scheduled thing where you know like I kind of don't like doing this. I know I'm going to be afraid and then I'm going to push through and then I'll feel relief or contentment or joy because I know I have to push through. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge procrastinator, so kind of most things fall <laughs> into that category, I think. Um but yeah, I mean, I don't know what I'm what I'm actually <laughs> can they hear that? I think they can hear that. That That is the uh, van that is here to pick up some elderly people to go somewhere fun. Oh, it is? Yeah. It took me a long time to figure that out because I would have to stop what I was doing and run to my window. Why is Say, what is the happy van noise? I think it's just a distinctive honk. Isn't it La Cucaracha? You know, maybe. But <laughs> it sounds Cucaracha, like La Cucaracha, La Cucaracha if it was like at the Renfest. It sounds very like trumpety. Yeah. But what a random... Because I thought it was an ice cream man. I thought at first that it was just somebody who had got a douchebag horn installed on their car <laughs> just to annoy people. So I kept running out there going, who is that asshole? And I was like, oh, it's a van to pick up the elderly. <laughs> I guess that's okay oh, then. right. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah. There was an ice cream truck that circled the block one day like three or four times. And then that, that got to be really frightening too. <laughs> Yeah, ice cream trucks out here in LA can be pretty scary. Uh, but you were saying that so you procrastinate, so you have to push yourself through doing things that you don't want to do all the time. All the time, yeah, all the time. And it, you know, being freelance now is uh, it's, but I, but it does make it so much more rewarding, actually. Yeah. So, um, but you know, I'm in a writing group. I love everybody in the writing group. I have not written a thing in my writing group. I've just, you know, and I, it's I. So I guess I have a really bizarre fear of it for whatever reason of and i don't know what that fear is but because i love writing when i sit down it's kind of okay. like going to the gym you know yeah. like i'm like i don't want to do it but then when i sit down <laughs> i'm like oh this is fun oh yeah i'm doing it yeah but I, I have never sort of taken it to like an end product and i think so i think the fear is because if i ever did then somebody would have to read it and then right. they would have to tell me what they thought of it and i I'm afraid of that part. Yeah, that, that, that's <laughs> totally understandable. But you're a producer, so you, you make problems go away all the time, right? Yeah, but it's fascinating how, as a writer, and I'm sure you know this, like, you just get lost in it. It doesn't matter that, like, I can look at your script and be like, oh, well, I think this, 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 right. and this. You know, if you say, I'm not sure, you know, is this clear about this character, I would be like, uh, no, and here's why, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But with my own thing, and I guess it's just because it lives in your head so much. Yeah. You, you just, the questions all become moot because you just overthink it and overthink it. Right, yeah. You lose so, perspective, yeah. and I think, depending on how long you write, you get hung up on sort of like uh, knowing the problems that you're going to encounter. I think for, I'm like maybe 18 levels of procrastination, inception, writing, <laughs> <laughs> weirdisms deep at this point where like I know myself. I know uh -huh. my tricks to get myself writing. I know my Ooh. fears about writing. Uh -huh. So at this point, it's like, it is so meta, the little battles <laughs> I have with myself about which trick am I going to do today? Right. And what am I going to try to do today to try to stop that trick? Well, I'll have my third trick to try to get that wow. trick. Yeah. Because yeah. it is such a long-term thing. And I write a lot. I, I've written a lot of different things. So I've been through this just a lot. And I've been to the finished product 
because I write my own stuff and I, I, I'm attracted to writing stuff where I already have the show booked. So right. I'm going to say this. It's not on spec. Right. Uh, so That's I have so that smart, though. end result in mind. That's kind of the only way to do it in a weird way. Because yeah. you're like, well, I got to do it. I mean, I, I'm going to have to say something. I can't just go stand there and stare <laughs> at everybody for an hour. <laughs> How are you doing, everybody? <laughs> so... And now some more crowd work. Uh, sometimes <laughs> I just want are. to do the crowd work. <laughs> so who was it that somebody said that there was a comedian they were going to do only crowd work? I'm uh, sorry, I'm tangenting so much. No, no it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember what uh, who the comedian was, but he did yeah, a whole hour of crowd work and did a tour. And that's awesome. Yeah. That sounds great. Uh, yeah. So I would love to do something like yeah. that sometime. So but I see, never this, have to write again. Yeah. So this is a kind of conversation that I that I have that made me want to say like, how do people overcome fear? Because I'm like, oh, you're afraid of writing too, but you're a writer. <laughs> like, by prof- this is your profession. This is how you make a living. And I, you know, so I find that fascinating. And I love that pretty much every single person that I know who is a writer, whenever they start something new, always goes through that thing of like, I don't know if I can do it this time, yeah. you know, or whatever they're. Yeah fear is around it, I think but. for me at this point I just don't want to deal with my own bullshit I think that's what I mean by the meta uh-huh. of the like I know that I want to get this project started I know I'm gonna ha- go through this ridiculous dance with myself uh-huh. and yet I can't quite stop myself and it's more just that sort of like oh man in, a, in about four hours I'll be done procrastinating and I can finally get to writing <laughs> But what is it about it that... So I'm going to turn the tables on you now, Joseph Scrimshaw. <laughs> but what is it about it that makes you procrastinate it? Is it... Like, so if you have a brand new idea, you're like, I think I'm going to do this, then is it that you doubt whether that as an overall concept is good? Like, is that the first thing? Or is it more that you just don't want to... You know the steps and you're just like, mm, I don't want to break it down. I think sometimes... I think I have been writing a lot in general mm-hmm. uh, because I just always give myself new new projects. And now that I'm here in LA, I am writing some things on spec, which has always been hard for me because I have to write without knowing whether it will ever do anything. Right. So I think, I think the biggest sort of neurotic thing is I want it to be perfect right away because I need it to get done quickly (laughs) to move through life, to help move career forward, to get something done for the actual show that's next week. And right now it's the time thing mostly of like, I am wasting all the time I need to perfect something by being upset that I don't have enough time, which then, you know. Yes. So what I've been trying to do now, my latest trick, which worked really well, uh, uh, for the, I, I just came back from Minneapolis. I did a show in Minneapolis, and okay. it was mostly new stand-up stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I managed to, for the most part, trick myself and just pretend that the show was the next day, four days earlier, so that I could do my normal pre- pre-show day (laughs) crunch wow a week ahead of time see that uh, yeah i couldn't do that i couldn't do it this this was a breakthrough and it may never happen again wow yeah yeah that's that's a good trick i can't do it yeah i I always end up writing stuff you know with, with the finite amount of time with the pressure of nope it's really it's really really due you really can't right put it off anymore and i have been doing this long enough that i know well if you can do that the day before, then you could do it earlier and then it wouldn't be as stressful. <laughs> right. So no, I'm just really, really trying to combat that. That's and a good it, point. And I put myself through hell. So at this point, it's a sort of like, eh, am I going to put myself through hell today? Right. In some days, it's great. Some days, it's great and flowing and easy and you, you really hope for those days. And, yeah. Uh, and I hope for a lot more of those days. <laughs> um, so more Wikipedia bullshit. Um, okay. 
Wikipedia claims that the word fear is based on a Middle English phrase called calamity danger. (laughs) 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 Which is just hilarious. (laughs) Based on some cowgirl. Calamity danger. Calamity danger. Uh, So if you could create a new word that meant fear that we would all use, what word would you create? Oh, God. I don't know. Calamity danger is so good. Well, that's what I want to say from now yeah, on. Yeah, well, maybe we somebody... just call it like, yeah. So, <laughs> Are like, you experiencing calamity down here? Yeah. <laughs> that's so good. Um, scary head. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very accurate because it's mostly in our heads usually yeah. when we're frightened, right? Yeah. So you just have scary head. <laughs> I just have scary head. Exactly. Yeah, because, see, I was, re- so I was reading on Wikipedia last night. Actually, no, it wasn't Wikipedia, but I was desperately like, did I pick the right topic? I'm going to read about fear. Um, so I read something that said, oh, really? you know, like the whole reason that, you know, we, our brains have developed, you know, so that we can project into the future so that we can plan things. Like, that's right. really the reason that we have it. So, you know, that we can, <laughs> that we're not crazy and like, oh my God, I didn't, you know, but, but then because we can do that, we abuse it and then we start imagining we our imaginations instead of being like wow well let me let me you know so we're gonna take a trip which means or you know i have a show so i need to project into the future and plan how to do the show but our imaginations instead of just taking that part and running with it are just like but what if the show is bad (laughs) what if what if everyone hates you and when you do the show (laughs) and then yeah and then uh, so that that's what yeah, so, so fear, fear is, is really imagination-based. It's because, yeah, we often just spin off and we set up scenarios for ourselves that are not at all true, but we believe them. We're as scared of them as if they were true. Yeah. So we're just abusing our brain privileges, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is another good <laughs> way to say it. Joseph, are you abusing your brain privilege? I am experiencing scary head. It is. <laughs> it's true. Uh so I also got from Liz, uh, from Wikipedia the list of things that people are most frightened of most commonly, and okay. it's a great list. So I want to go down the list and see if we can quickly brainstorm ways to overcome those fears. These fears, okay. So what we would do. So uh, people are afraid of demons, ghosts, and evil powers. What do you think the best way to overcome that is? Oh, man. The fear of sort of primordial evil. <laughs> That's a that's a really tough one because I mean I guess that's why there are priests and exorcisms because I again I'm like you know what I'm just not really gonna think about that (laughs) I don't want to it's too scary like it's too scary because I if I really thought about it I believe in it like I believe that they're not for me but you know these ghost stories and things where people are possessed or demons are in the house or stuff like I believe it happens I'm not like no that never happened yeah you know so I just don't. I kind of feel like, you know, it's like a weird, in an oovy groovy sense, it's like it's an energy thing. So don't yeah. open yourself up. Don't be like, wow, ghosts and demons, I'm really afraid of you. And they'll be like, really? Here we are. <laughs> what would you do? How would you uh, Well, when I was thinking about it, I was thinking back to like watching sci-fi stuff when I was a kid, like uh, Star Trek episodes where the villain didn't have any sort of like physical form or was just like a presence Mm -hmm. like uh those kind of stories annoyed me when i was a kid and like oh come on it's one of those stories and then i realized it was like oh it's because they don't have a way to actively engage it and like i preferred vampires or Mm -hmm. werewolves or aliens or anything to just sort of like there's a creeping malaise (laughs) sort of (laughs) 
And I, I think that is because that for me, I find comfort of being in the fight. Right. That there's hope. Right. And like, I think that's like when you, when you push through all of the, to go back to writing for a second, when you mm-hmm. push through all of the phobia and you're sitting down and writing, mm-hmm. then you're engaged in the like, I am doing battle with this idea. Right. So I guess for me, what I thought of immediately is like, I will picture myself just punching a demon. <laughs> I don't know if that will work, but I'm actively doing something. All right. Yeah. Probably just rip my head off, but yeah. But I'm trying. <laughs> or you could talk. I guess my other thing would be to talk to it. Oh, yeah. I suppose <laughs> you try to reason like, with the demon first <laughs> before going right yeah. to punching him. Yeah, like I think like a demon is like like a like a <laughs> like a rapist who's had a really bad childhood. Like if I could just connect with him, <laughs> be like, I understand. Did you it's fall really from hard. heaven? Yeah. I bet that hurt your feelings. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, I understand you. And then we have a bunch of animals. Oh. Uh, we have cockroaches. Mm, yeah. I'm not afraid of them, but yeah, I don't yeah. like them. Yeah. I'm more grossed out. Yeah. So I picture fire. That's what helps me deal with cockroaches. Because they burn, right? Do they? I don't. I feel like they're kind of indestructible. Aren't oh. they supposed to survive? It's not like nuclear, the Holocaust. And oh, they right. Cockroaches. And then become really powerful. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Okay, so nothing to be done about cockroaches. I think there's nothing to be done. I think if you're afraid of them, you're just... You're afraid of them. Yeah. Enjoy. Just luck. live with that in your scary head. Uh, <laughs> spiders. How about spiders? Yeah, I don't like those. Yeah. Mm. Again, though, see, I, this this is something about my psyche because I do try to befriend them because <laughs> in my... <laughs> I try I try to like karmically be like, see spider, I'm not smooshing you, I'm putting a glass over you, I'm sliding paper and I'm like releasing you into the outside. <laughs> and then you're like, do. tell your friends about me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm just like, so <laughs> nobody bite me because see how I didn't smush you and kill you? I okay. let you back outside. So if you do come into the house, don't bite me. That's a very peaceful zen way to deal with spiders. Yeah, but I, they are gross. I don't like them. Yeah. I don't, for some, I, I don't understand why some people, without any actual traumatic experience, are scared of some creatures but not others. Because I, I don't care at all about, about spiders. spiders. But the next animal is snakes. And snakes really bother me. Oh, wow. See, I don't, I'm not bothered by snakes at all. I yeah. think they're cool. I don't mind holding them. I just, yeah. It bothers me that they are slimy. They mostly move slow, but could suddenly move fast. <laughs> They're not really slimy, though, because you, you haven't held a snake. Have I, you? I held, I was made to hold one. To in, overcome a fear? No, in oh. high school, we had like a little pet snake. Okay. Uh, and for the biology class, and mm-hmm. we had to all hold it. And of course, the snake could sense my being uptight so it like wriggled and got upset and, uh <laughs> and then th- this isn't a super traumatic experience because i was afraid of the snakes before right. but then another kid when the teacher left the room uh, picked up the snake and like shoved it into my face and like, you know it's high school so i was trying to be cool about it and, right like, okay all right all right yeah but then because she was violently shoving the snake back and forth it upset the snake's oh. stomach and the snake vomited what which was disgusting I didn't know a snake could vomit. Yeah. And it looks like, it, this is really, really gross. Do it. So I want to know. It looks like you are getting Play-Doh in a little tube. Because, they, I mean, it's, it's utterly formed because of the way a snake's body is. So it was like just this like pink tube of like Play-Doh. And, like, but then the girl who was holding the snake screamed and freaked out because it was really gross that some pink Play-Doh came out of a snake. And she threw it on the floor, and then everybody screamed and jumped up on the, yeah. Oh, wow. So, but then all of this was, like, 
I would I was scared of snakes before that. But then it was just heavily, heavily reinforced. Yeah. 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 And I, yeah, I don't know if there was some traumatic incident that I don't remember that my parents didn't tell me about. Right. <laughs> so interesting. Yeah. But to know. me, it's always been something about the quality of movement. Like a spider is kind of mm-hmm. gross, but like it's crawling and I can see it coming. And for some reason, slithering is way more disturbing to me than crawling. No feet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that. Maybe they're like little Lovecraftian monster snakes to me. Yeah. It's like, they don't make sense. They shouldn't yeah. be. Yeah. Like, how are you even moving? And suddenly moving so fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember being very afraid of a snake that was accidentally in my path when I was young, walking with a friend. But that was just because we thought it was a stick. And then all of a sudden it moved. And we both jumped. <laughs> like, it was like a cartoon. We both jumped like, you know, a foot and a half in the air and then ran all the way home. Uh, my wife, Sarah, uh, kindly looked up the rattlesnake, like, actual concern level, because we really oh, like taking uh, these walks in Griffith yeah. Park. And to me, it was just sort of like, caution, there's a thing here that might kill you. <laughs> so she said, she read up on it, and she said, like, well, here's where they mostly show up. They're mm-hmm. afraid of humans, so don't worry about it. And the site also says that there are some special boots that we can buy to protect our ankles, oh. <laughs> which I'm not going to buy. Oh, you're not? But, but I liked how even the site was sort of like, it's nothing to wear, worry about, but here's some armor you can wear right. just in case. <laughs> if like, you're really, really, mm. really worried. Yeah. But yeah. So for me, that's good to overcome yeah. the fear of like, I really want to go on those walks. Mm-hmm. It's not like saying, caution, there are rattlesnakes every two feet and they are trying to get you. <laughs> right. It's a challenge. Like, they, right. yeah, like it's a snake. It will rattle and then I hold and back away. It's know. not yeah. like I'm not going to engage with it. Yeah. Plus... I know somebody who's bitten by a rattlesnake, and she survived. So, just was so you it know, horrific. Uh, what I know is that she she had to be carried piggyback out, you know, back to wherever they were going. And then she said that she just concentrated her breathing on. She was breathing with the person that was carrying her. Okay. And that was, and then she got back, and she was okay. Okay. So I can breathe in sync with people. Yeah. And if I've Sarah done theater warm-up exercises. Do you I think do. Sarah could carry you oh, yeah. piggyback all the way? Yeah, no problem. She's very strong. <laughs> okay, then you're golden. <laughs> I have nothing you to be scared don't of because my to wife is strong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, heights is another thing uh, that is a common fear. Are you uh, afraid of heights? Uh, I'm not to the point where I won't go up high, but I get it. Like, I yeah. understand. Yeah, that so. one seems pretty logical to me. Yeah. <laughs> if I let go, I'm going to die. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm afraid enough of, well, no, I was going to say I'm afraid enough of heights that I don't go on those really tall rides that drop you down, but I don't think yeah. it's that I'm afraid of heights. I think it's afraid, I'm afraid of being dropped down really fast <laughs> from a very high place. So yeah. That's different. That's not <laughs> trusting in amusement park, which I think is wise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, water, we've talked about a little bit. Yeah. There's the vastness of it. There's mm-hmm. the, uh, the Wait, killing. Wait, is it water or ocean? Okay, see, because I'm not afraid of water. Are there some people who are afraid of water? Like That's they what won't Wikipedia go in a said. Pool? Like that is one of the common fears is water. I assume that they mean drowning. Right. Or existential dread when looking at the ocean. <laughs> but I, I, I assume <laughs> do they, they don't mean, mean like, like tap water. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, would these people not get in a bath? Would they be like, no? Yeah. Or is it just... No, I it's just know. water. Okay. So how, do, how should people overcome a fear of water? Uh... They should just drink lots of water. <laughs> and remember that they're made mostly of water. <laughs> You're being afraid of like, what, like 97% of humans, of your, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's some number that means. Yeah. Uh, enclosed spaces. Mm, that's a tough one. I'm not afraid of that. But my husband is. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He gets, uh, what is it, claustrophobic? Yeah. 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 He can, yeah. How does, he, how does he work through that? 
uh, he can't. He just, I mean, he actively won't go places where he knows he's going to be really crowded. And then if he, if he does feel really crowded, he has to leave. Okay. So. I, my only fear of enclosed spaces has come uh, from sometimes being in like a really small theater in the middle row mm. at theater shows mm-hmm. where I can't leave. And it's, but it's specifically theater show based. <laughs> so are you really afraid of the small space? Or are you afraid of not being able to leave? I think it's, the bad I think it's more than not being able to leave <laughs> in that I'm not going to be able to contain my reactions yeah. to like the not great theater. Yeah. And then have everybody like really see me make a production of getting up and leaving. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm curious because I'm really not, I, I went spelunking when I was in high school. So I'm kind of, I would like to be buried alive. No, I wouldn't like to, <laughs> but I am, I am curious as to whether or not I would actually freak out or if I'd just be like, whatever. Okay. Cause I, cause being in small spaces doesn't bother me. Cause I've always been really little. And so like playing hide and seek, I could always fit into places that you wouldn't expect a person right. to be able to fit into. And I would just like stay in there. <laughs> so <laughs> Just chill yeah. out. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, tunnels. Tunnels seems kind of the same as enclosed spaces or else just some weird combination Freudian, Freudian wily coyote yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. I didn't know that people would be afraid of tunnels. I guess just that they're going to get trapped in them. Yeah. Get out. And then it would become an enclosed space. Yeah. So right. yeah, okay. if it was a really so. high tunnel and it was somehow underwater. Yeah. That would be yeah. terrifying. I don't know. I guess don't take trains. Yeah. Bridges. That seems the same too. Like mm-hmm. that's just a physical version of height or mm-hmm. enclosed spaces are being trapped. Social yeah. rejection. Oh. There's a big one. Yeah. A fear. Well, so that's social anxiety, right? Because that's your your fear is that you will be rejected. Because that's a weird yeah. thing. Because it's not like like you can't be actively afraid of social rejection because it doesn't exist. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, as opposed uh, yeah. to like, you can't, like, there's a spider. Oh, I'm afraid of it. There's social rejection. Like, do you know what I mean? It's not, it's not that you're afraid of socially, you're afraid that you will be socially rejected. Yes. Yeah. And I, I feel like some people are just afraid of social interaction, period. And like, maybe yeah. rejection is the base fear, but I've certainly known people where they are concerned that they will be rejected, but there's no amount of positive energy that you can right. pour into an interaction to make them right. accept that. So even when they're surrounded by ample evidence that they won't be rejected. Their brains still are like, no. Yeah. I yeah. am rejected. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the voice you've developed for people's brains. Yeah. No. It's fear time. It's kind of an Eeyore <laughs> your brain. Uh, so we've talked a little bit about how to get over social anxiety. It's just you have to interact. Yeah. And then the key thing is always people say, like, we'll just ask them, you know, about themselves. Yeah. So. And I think the cool thing about it is you, it is not like snakes or spiders where like, well, yes, many of them will will bite and kill you. For the most part, (laughs) humans won't bite and kill you. (laughs) Most people in the party, yeah. Yeah. They won't just slap you for (laughs) saying the wrong thing. Won't slither on the floor. Yeah. uh, And you can plan ahead, right? So you can have your, your toolkit. Yes. And actually, that's what I find is helpful about Facebook, honestly, because like these dumb little things that take up way too much of my time, at least I know what's going on in the world. Yeah. So I can, you know, have more small talk about like, oh, my God, did you see that there's you know, there's another, I don't, I was going to say there's another school shooting. Like, that would be a terrible party conversation. Hey, guys. Oh, God, it's Kim. Run. She's just going to talk about tragedy. <laughs> So any any dogs? Uh, sick? <laughs> yeah. Well, but 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 it is true. Like we're part of uh, even people who have maybe in person social anxiety. There's still a 
yeah. part of culture because of social media, which I think is awesome. Um, the next thing on the list is just failure, <laughs> 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 which seems a, social rejection seems a little too specific, and then and failure seems just like incredibly broad. Yeah, like what if you suck? Yeah, just as a person, <laughs> just whatever you're trying to do. Yeah, nope. You did it wrong. But I think that's mostly what the writing is, is that people are afraid it won't turn out. Yeah. And probably for stage fright, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. So it's just really about social. It's, so again, it just goes back to social approval, right? Yeah. Because, yeah. I'm trying to think of what, what other things would prevent you from, because it seems like it is more uh, creativity-based. Like, do people do people who want to, like, climb Mount Everest go, like, no, I'm not going to do it because I wouldn't be able to. You know what I mean? Or is it just more like, no, I really, I, I understand that I physically can as long as I train and do these things. Like, yeah. Is it more concrete? I would, I would expect that it's the same. I would expect that they kind of draw in all the other sort of neuroses of, like, yeah. well, there's the literal preparation there's the things to literally be afraid of and this is like physically very difficult and i could fall and die and blah 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 but then also there's the probably the social aspects of like well if i declare i'm going to do this right i don't want to have to come back and say nope got up two feet and (laughs) decided nope (laughs) yeah not for me so i think there are all those sort of elements to it yeah i think for any sort of general fear of failure i think any kind of like improv or performance where you just have to let go of control yeah. And trust yourself and trust the moment. I yeah. I think it's a great way to overcome those fears. Or at least make them manageable. Mm-hmm. Yep. I uh, agree. So the uh, the second to last one is examinations, which is also kind of open-ended. <laughs> <laughs> to use a turn of phrase. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Are you, I, are you afraid of examinations? I, I'm not afraid of examinations. I welcome all examinations. <laughs> Anyone who would like, yeah. I, uh, no, I've never had a fear of them. I don't like them. Yeah. Well, but do people like, there are some people, I guess, who are like, yay, I'm going to take a test. I'm really smart. I know. I'm yeah, I think be, people feel well. like really good about studying and feel like yeah. they can memorize everything and then they will know it and then they will, yeah. it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I had to take the a written test to get my California driver's license. Ah, And yes. that was actually really weird. I studied up on it a mm-hmm. lot because, you know, there are different laws and I haven't yeah. taken a driver's license test in years. Yeah. And to me, this the social shame of failing... <laughs> A driver's <laughs> test is an adult like that i that was a good fear that was like no i am studying right so fucking hard right. I because do this yeah. like i kind of felt like i wouldn't just not get my california driver's license they would just be like you are not an adult you you gotta <laughs> you, you sir, gotta you have to leave this. embarrassment <laughs> <laughs> you need to leave this city right now this state uh yeah and the final one is public speaking which is fascinating to me because I have always wanted to be a public speaker. I've never, from the time I remember um, the first time I ever saw somebody holding a microphone, uh-huh. I was like, I want to hold that. <laughs> I want to hold it and I want to talk into it. Not that I thought I had anything to say or that I wanted people to look at it. I just, I, like, I loved the idea that there was this microphone that you could. This idea of broadcasting yourself? I don't know. I really just, I thought it was cool. I was like, hey, yeah, you can. <laughs> so now, so I mean, do you do uh, do you talk to big groups as a producer? Do you do on set? Do you do the sort of like, listen up, everybody, here's what's going to happen? E, not usually. Usually it's the line producer who does that. I mean, the, the biggest 
crowd I've ever spoken in front of would have been uh, a room at Comic-Con for the okay. Guild and for Geek and Sundry, which was like, I, I think uh, it's like 1,800 people. Okay. In that room, but it's a very friendly room. Yeah, that <laughs> is a very, very, yeah. So. People will catch you when you fall in that room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And it is funny, too, for me, because, um, you know, we started, it was so small when we started, small-ish, you know, yeah. we, were in a, we were in one of the smaller rooms, so it was not that big a deal to be moderating, you know, because it was just like, oh, well, these are the people I work with, and you guys want to know, so I, so We're just know. giving you information, it's not, yeah. yeah. And then we graduated to a bigger room, but it's funny, because I would put together, my Felicia would be like, what are you going to ask and i'd be like oh yeah i gotta figure that out right you know but it wasn't a big deal to me and then um i think like the last time we went up i was like this is a really big deal i think what it was is that i i wasn't seeing other people's panels so i was just like oh you know we'll just go do this and then i went and i saw another panel and i was like oh (laughs) oh so when you saw it from the outside yeah i was like oh my god i should prepare better (laughs) 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 these are people really care about this no but i mean i think it was always fine but i i was i guess i was glad because i think it would have made me afraid you know to be (laughs) if i would have sort of realized what it looked like from there and like the pressure to like you know because when you're in the audience you feel the vibe of the audience right yeah so i guess in a way that that comes back to what you're saying about you know, our brain is thinking of ahead to prepare us for the future. Mm-hmm. We are abusing that privilege by mostly being afraid. And a great way to get around it is just to not think at all about what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just more like A, B, C, D. Yeah. Yeah, just so. going on. Yeah, I think the public speaking is is a common one because people just get in their, in their little world. And there is such a shift when you are suddenly from talking to one or two people to talking to... I'm fascinated with when when individual people become an audience, mm-hmm. you know, and it can happen with a very small group of people. Three people can suddenly form into this little swarm that they are suddenly an audience. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you, but yeah, it's funny because I'm always the audience. I'm never the performer. I mean, unless I'm physically, <laughs> unless it's an assignment, <laughs> you know, but if there's like, you know. You're at that party where it's like, it's just small enough that it's hard to break off into little factions of conversation yeah. and just everybody's always, you know, one person's always got the spotlight if you're talking because, yeah. you know, I cannot function at those parties. I, I'm always just like, in fact, people, who was it? I think it was a, one of the, some Comic-Con room and okay. I think somebody was like, are you Okay. I was like, oh, I'm fine, you know, but I just, but I'm not going to talk with all of you talking. I'm not. <laughs> would you I be refuse. O- would you be okay with it if it was structured? If there was like an organizer <laughs> yes. and said like, I have the talking action figure in this Comic-Con room. Yes, exactly. And then you, now it is your turn to talk about the subject. Yeah. Now, then it would be organized and structured. And- yeah. But I think the main fear then in there, you know, with all of our friends who are so freaking funny and smarty smart is that I'm just like, I'm not talking because then you'll all realize that I am uh, dumb. (laughs) (laughs) You'll all realize how dumb I am. So I'm just going to sit here and listen to you all be smart. I don't think so. So, No, I'm not. I don't think that I'm a dumb person, but I am. I feel like I'm not quick-witted in those conversations because of so it's you know it's a chicken and an egg thing yeah so but because yeah. i'm like immediately in my head like oh god i don't know what to say i can't be funny okay i'll just be quiet i won't say anything okay don't talk about school shootings <laughs> <laughs> don't talk about your dead dog <laughs> uh so i always ask people these how obsessed are you questions okay. and i like asking them even if somebody like yourself is saying i don't think i'm that obsessed okay it's interesting uh do you think about overcoming fear every day yes okay 
Do, you, uh, do I need to elaborate, or can I just say yes or no? You can say yes or okay. no, or you can elaborate. So l- l- <laughs> let me elaborate. I'm going to elaborate on my own damn question. Do it. Uh, do you think, I mean, obviously, I think we all have to, in little microwaves, uh, microwaves overcome fear every day. Mm-hmm. But do you actually think about it? Do you step out of yourself and say, I need to walk past that spider? I guess I'm overcoming fear today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess not. Okay. Not in that way. Cool. Not in a, not in a like, wow, I'm really proud of myself that I did that <laughs> kind of way. Not really. <laughs> uh, have you spent money in any way to overcome fear? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I guess I have spent money going to see a therapist, but not specifically for fear, for like, not specifically for social anxiety. Okay. If there, if there was a, uh, a class that you could take specifically on overcoming fear, would you do it or would you feel like, eh, I got it? You know what? I lied. I did spend money on it. I, I did. Okay. I don't know if you know of this thing because you're new to town, but there's something called the Landmark Forum. Uh, I've heard Have of it, but I don't really it? know much about it. So it's an offshoot of Est, which okay. my parents did in the 70s because they were all weird, ooey gooey people. <laughs> um, and I, so here's the thing. Like, I would never tell anybody to go to the Landmark Forum, ever. Okay. Because the tactics that they use to get you to stay there are horrible. Okay. They do this weird thing where it's like you're part, you know, like if you're not part of, then you're against, you know. And it's like, no, I just am here to, I thought what you said was nice. I just don't want to call five friends about it. Jesus, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, but, you know, their whole thing is like, you know, keep coming back and give us more money. And um, so, but I did, I did do that because I was just like in a rut, you know. And I think, you know. And and I think it was fear based a lot of it. So and did you so, yeah. know? Did you know what the place was before you went there, or when you got there? Was it just like, oh, okay, I, that's what this is about? Um, no, a friend of ours had done it. Somebody who who I know very well, and you know, when he said like, you know me, I would never do anything like this. But okay. I was like, oh, yeah, got it, yeah, because I. So if you're telling me that it that I'm going to believe you, and I'm going to go. It, did it help besides the the pushing other people to do it? <laughs> I mean, yes and no, in in that it's just uh, I don't know. I just felt like it was like it's like anything. It's like it's like therapy. It's like church. It's like you know, it's just a bunch of really good ideas, but they pound them into you over a weekend. Right. And part of the reason that it works so well is that you're just immersed in this thing, and you're again with the energy of all these other people who right. are like, yeah, and and you do. It is fascinating because you do watch people have breakthroughs and. Um, you know, when I when I was there, the very first thing they do is they pair you up and they're like, "Tell each other while you're while you're here." And the girl I was with was just like, "I don't want to be here. My family <laughs> wants me to be here. They say that I'm, you know." And she was just so like scrunched up in a ball and in herself. And then like second day, she was on stage and she was like, "It was weird. It was like a movie." She was just like, "And I realized that it was me, and my boyfriend <laughs> is so loving to me. It's me, you know." And I was like, "Holy shit." It's working. Look at she's wow. Oh, you know, yeah. like she realized something about herself. Like she basically realized, oh, you know, the people in my life are reacting to me the way they are because of the things that I'm doing, and not because it's all their problem. Which is a great yeah. thing to learn. So, yeah. but you can also learn it. <laughs> you can also probably just read a story about that on Facebook. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, or buy a self help book, and then you know, because the whole thing about something like that is, I you know, like I seriously doubt that that girl carried that with her through the rest of her life. Unless right. she continued to sign up for the Landmark Forum because after you leave, it just sort of dissipates. Right. You know? so. Yeah, it's an ongoing battle. Yeah. 
Uh, would you wear a t-shirt that said, I just overcame some fear? <laughs> no, but I would wear a t-shirt that said, I just overcame uh, scary, scary head. head. <laughs> <laughs> Ask or- me about it. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, would you write a daily blog post about overcoming fears? Mm, probably not. <laughs> That's more just about procrastinating, right? <laughs> no, I think it's more about like, um, I mean, it's weird. Like this is the probably the most I've talked about this like ever. I don't know. Right. It's weird because, you know, like I, I'm not ashamed of like all the fear that I have, but at yeah. the same time, I don't want to, I don't want it to be uh like this defines me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think I think that's a normal thing to be afraid of where we have a culture and again with social media where we say like, you know, it's great to be vulnerable. Just let it out there and you'll find out that there are more people like you. But then there's that fear of like, yeah, I'm really afraid of snakes. You was. <laughs> like what if I am suddenly the one where Yeah. Not that way, not that place, you know. Yeah. Not that time. Yeah. So And I just don't yeah, I mean because I guess I feel like, you know, if I'm talking to somebody about this, too, like, I find it fascinating, but I also hope that, like, we're coming to some sort of resolution or we're, you know, or I'm I'm actually looking for advice from people, you know, yeah. like, um, like tips or tricks like you have, you know, like, I want to know, like, well, how do you do it? I'm not just like, well, let's commiserate and talk about how hard life is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I worry that a blog post would go into that, I guess. Right. Right. That makes sense. But if it was about overcoming fears, I guess it could be like true. a success story, a daily success story. I guess. But I guess I just feel like I don't want to be that person. <laughs> that person feel that feels to me so like like Oprah. Yes. <laughs> like an Oprah. Yes. Like, you know. And especially because There's an I overcome mean, fear under every chair. Yeah. Yeah. And my life, relatively speaking, to the rest of, you know, humanity is very good and easy yeah so you just don't want to be like you know okay guys it was really hard for me to get up today and but i did it i moved another spider yeah yeah uh would you discuss overcoming fear with adam sandler sure yeah i yeah yeah i would discuss it with anybody <laughs> okay how Why? about Adam Sandler. Uh, well, because I normally ask people questions about Hitler, and I'm trying to shake things up, and I replaced it with Adam Sandler. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Which, when I say it out loud, seems pretty mean. <laughs> well, you didn't. Why did you choose Adam Sandler? Uh, just because. You think he's Hitler? I think he's Hitler. No, I, I think he is the Hitler of comedy. I'm fascinated <laughs> with. Like, some of the movies are, like, so reinforcing of just general, I think, negative cultural stereotypes. They are so... Like, I think I came up in doing comedy through theater. Uh So there was a really highbrow way of looking... uh, A lot of people look down on the act of comedy Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. So I... And I value doing smart, intelligent comedy. Right. And I think people who do super, super lowbrow comedy are kind of undercutting the cause right of good comedy so i feel like it's one thing to just put something out there because you think it's funny but i honestly i can't even surmise how he actually thinks interesting some of the material is funny at this point right you know yeah so i feel like does he actually believe that some of this is funny like the the cross-dressing film from a couple of years ago the the jack and jill where he like played his own twin sister or something like oh is there a rational world in which he thought <laughs> People are going to laugh at this, and it's going to be insightful and right 
intriguing and break new ground. And so, yeah, I just feel like he's kind of putting out a kind of comedy that is really not good for fostering for society. good comedy right. and, and for helping comedy to do its function in society. Right. Which is to make people feel good, think differently, blah, 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 blah. Right. He's just encouraging uh, generations of kids to just be as stupid as they possibly can be. Yeah. And then... And even worse, I think that that kind of thing, like I think that, uh, you know, farts and butts and all the bodily functions are intrinsically funny because mm-hmm. it's about this contrast between how civilized we are and, you know, I was staring at the stars and then I shit myself. Like, <laughs> that's the human condition sure. that we have these great brains and still have to do these. And I think when people do just a lot of really bad fart comedy, mm-hmm. then people lose respect for how incredibly potently funny the truth of the sort of mind-body contrast is. So wow. That is, is such a smart way to talk about that, <laughs> Joseph. I have to ask you this. He's do you and Sarah... farts. So okay. No, I get it. I get it. Do you and Sarah fart in front of each other? <laughs> Not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, honey, can you hold on a second? I'm going to... Uh, uh, yo, sure. Yeah, we, we fart in front of each other. And it's just, it's not a thing. Yeah. I mean, for us, it's a thing in that, like, <laughs> it'll be like, and we try to fake each other out. So it's just like, oh, oh, honey. Yeah. You know, or it's like, oh, my God, I totally forgot to tell you this, 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 you know, whatever. And it's like, what? You just try to hook them and get them, like, genuinely interested. And then I'll make a game of yeah, it. Yeah. So that's, well, that's what we great. do in our house. Okay. Well, I'm going to work on that. I'll see yeah. that. I'll see how Sarah enjoys that. I don't know. I'm very curious because really, I don't think many people enjoy it. I think many people think it's kind of the most immature thing that you can possibly do. I think that's so. awesome. It is making the best of the reality of like, yeah. this weird sound has to come out of me. My partner is going to hear it. Why not have some fun with it? Here we go. Make a game of it. I don't even know how we got on this. Uh, oh, because, because of Adam I, Sandler. Because I compared Adam Sandler to Hitler. <laughs> I haven't seen an Adam Sandler movie in, in years. I think the last one I saw was Punch Drunk Love. Probably. Okay. And I, I really like that one. So maybe I feel betrayed by Adam Sandler. Anyway, maybe. that'll be another you podcast. That's a good point. Uh, if you couldn't overcome a specific fear without your husband being struck in the groin, would you do it? If I couldn't overcome... Like, if you had to do a, a, like a solo panel at right. Comic-Con for like 2,000 people and you were really frightened... But you could al- have that fear alleviated. If Greg got hit in the groin? If somebody punched Greg Benson in the nuts. Repeatedly? Just once. <laughs> <laughs> we said that. Um, uh. Let's see. I mean, so like if I could have my fear of social... Oh, God, this is... I'm going to shut up. We're going really long. If I could get my fear of social anxiety gone forever in every situation then yes, I would hit my husband in the groin. Because it won't kill him. It'll just hurt a lot for a Just while. that one time. Just that one time. Cool. Uh, so I've been asking people to make a noise uh, to sum up their obsession. And your sort of obsession is overcoming fear. Is there a noise? Mm. <laughs> it sounds like an indecisive door swinging yeah. open. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's it. That's great. Uh, so I have uh, final questions for everybody on the podcast. Please. Uh, if someone made an action figure of you, uh, what accessories would you come with? Um, what accessories would I come with? Um, I would come with a little dog. Aww. <laughs> yeah, because you got to have a dog. And um, 
I guess I would come with <laughs> like a parka. <laughs> In case you get cold. No, because I realized that when, and you know, you can observe this, but sometimes when I am really socially uncomfortable, like I want to oh. wear, like I just, like I won't take off my jacket. <laughs> I just need to be covered up. Okay. It's and weird. that's that's just a, a protection thing. Yeah, totally. So yeah, you would be like, Kim Evie with fear parka. With fear parka, yeah. <laughs> and a dog. And, yeah, and uh, anxiety-easing dog. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, what would you rather shoot out of your hands, fire or a Wi-Fi signal? Oh, fire, for sure. <laughs> oh, although if I had a Wi-Fi signal, then I'd always have Wi-Fi. But no, I would rather shoot. Well, no. Mm. <laughs> See, fire is so cool, but then I'm like, because I could, like, shoot fire at people, but then I'm like, but would you really shoot fire at people? That would be awful. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't even use it on the spiders. Mm-mm. I could start barbecues, but I don't know. No, I guess a Wi-Fi signal. I've talked myself into a Wi-Fi signal. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> and the final question for everyone on the podcast is, what is happiness? Uh, happiness is just enjoying what you're doing right now. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's our podcast. That was fun. Hey. <laughs> You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Here we are at the end of the podcast, and I am doing my ad for Patreon. If you haven't heard of Patreon, it is a crowdfunding site uh, where you give ongoing support to artists to help them make their art, and I am writing comedy blog posts, which I'm then using for performance stuff, and sometimes even for this very podcast. If you're interested in supporting me, you can go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw, and here to give a little bit of personal flair to this commercial is Kim with a special message. Patreon is awesome. Do not fear. Patreon.com. Yay! Thank you. (laughs)